Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. You need to get Urban Meyer to invent, uh, you know, my old grand, my old granddad was from here and he always wanted to coach the Huskers. That was the program I always dreamed of, not Ohio State. It's the only program I'd leave the booth for now. SI's Ross Gellinger. It is a good story, how it all came about and everything. But man, the honeymoon is over, right? Like it's just, it is over. And the thing is, is I don't know that it's going to get better uh, in the short term. And SI's Pat Forty. Pandemic aside, he's an 8-4 and four coach. And if this isn't the beginning of an 8-4 and four season, I don't know what is. Because you're 1-1 one and one after Sam Houston and Appalachian State. And here comes Miami, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Alabama. Your next four games, all of them are undefeated right now. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod, gentlemen. First firing of the year is already here. <laughs> not even mid-September. No, we have not. It is uh, September 10th, or maybe you waited to the 11th for the uh, actual firing. Scott Frost, pour one out for the pride of Wood River, Nebraska. <laughs> uh, you shouldn't have been brought back if you're going to fire a dude three games in. Just colossal. It was stupid man. then. It was stupid when he got a contract extension after his second year. Uh, this was just not good for uh, Nebraska all around. We have discussed Scott Frost many times on this pod. It it, it seemed like it was going to be great. I don't know how you go thirteen and zero at UCF two years after they won zero games. Yeah. Under George O'Leary, right? They were winless. Takes over UCF, goes six and seven, 13 and 0, and then since he is 16 and 31. <laughs> it's incredible. Nothing worked at Nebraska for Scott Frost except the the uh the bank teller. <laughs> yeah. Direct deposit was his only victory. What did he get? <laughs> 15 million? Yeah, yeah, I think almost sixteen million plus yeah. whatever he got, you know, while he was actually on the job. Yeah, fifty, yeah, fifteen million just to go away. What a country! Mm-hmm. Uh, absolute disaster. I mean, they lose to Georgia Southern. Uh, although, uh, you know, at some point, losing to the Sun Belt can't be fireable offense, or we're going to have no coaches left. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we'll get to that. 
The rise of the Sun Belt. The mighty, mighty Sun Belt. Beautiful. Yeah. Hustle Belt, baby. No, that's the, the Mac, I think. They Clay Helton, Coach Sun Killer. Yeah. Clay Helton. That was a thing or two just about a year ago. Firing. Yeah, just yeah. a year ago. Yeah. Killed by other coaches. Now here he is. Yeah. <laughs> the Sun Belt East is going to be... Uh, I don't know what they call themselves. Do they call themselves East or is it like Group A? No, no it's, <laughs> it's it, East, East and it's West. East and West. East, yeah. East, yeah. East. Coastal, Georgia Southern, Jays, Mass, Mark. I mean, we're going to get to it. Sunbelt, Sunbelt on the week. Yep. Um, anyway, uh, you know, Frost had to go. They never should have brought him back. I feel bad for the players on the current team who, once again, had a season. You know, their season gets destroyed and burned. These guys have finite seasons and careers, and for whatever reason, we just throw them out the window. So hopefully Nebraska can still have a rewarding season, whether they win games or not. But uh, Scott Frost is gone. So here is the question. I will uh, I will start with you, Pat. Who do they hire, and what the hell do they got to do to get Nebraska back? And they ain't going to be Tom Osborne era. But back to, you know, whatever is deemed back at Nebraska. Who and what do they need? Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I'm I'm a little bit sad. This is, these are our last swings at the Scott Frost pinata. My oh, gosh, it has been more. a large, fat, <laughs> slow-moving target for years now. Uh, and it was, I mean, it was it was nice of Nebraska to bring him back for this last season. That everybody on earth the, who had a rational thought. Said in November, oh, that's a bad idea, bringing him back. And then it was like, well, they're going to save some money. Oh, okay. Hmm. There you go. Good. And then you just you ruin one more season, and you turn it into a complete tumult. <laughs> he hasn't beaten an F FBS team since I don't know when. But So who do you hire? Uh, I, I threw put, put four names in the 40-yard dash. I think there are three within the Big 12 who are in the area, who are very good coaches, who overachieve at – limited programs to a degree, recruit the same area, play a Nebraska style of football, and could all succeed there. Matt Campbell at Iowa State, Lance Leipold at Kansas, Chris Kleeman at Kansas State. A lot of people say, yeah, Nebraska's not an A-list job, and it's not really anymore. It's not, But it's probably still a better job than those three. They care deeply about football. They, you have a, a huge, passionate fan base, more passionate than any of those three. Uh, and if you look at the rosters of those three teams, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, man, they, they recruit the same areas. It's, it's Illinois, it's Iowa, it's Nebraska, it's Missouri, it's Colorado. It's, you get into Wisconsin, you know, around the, the, the Midwest, you can maybe go into Ohio for some, maybe into Michigan for some, and then you go to Texas. And that's where they built their, their rosters. <clears throat> so I think all three of those guys would be willing to listen probably because the Big 12 is still a bit shaky, all right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's going to survive, but if you've got a chance to go to the Big 10, which you know is going to survive there, and you're going into the Big 10 West, which stinks on ice at the moment and generally speaking is not overwhelming, you got a chance to go in compete to win your division at a place where they will care a lot about what you're doing and you got a shot there. So, no, you're not going to go 11 and 1, 12 and 0, 13 and 0, you're not going to win national championships anymore, but you can win more than you lose. The fourth name I threw out and then I'll turn this back over was uh, Mark Stoops from Kentucky. 
Want to go to a football school or you want to be at a basketball school? <laughs> you want John Calipari to decide what your team, what your school is about? Or do you want to go to a place where it's 100% a football university? Yeah, I mean, if he's bothered by that, and he sure seemed bothered by that, you could go, uh, be, get a hero's welcome, get out of the SEC meat grinder. At least you're not beating your head against Georgia in your division. You're trying to beat, you know, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota. That's doable, theoretically. So one of those four, if you get one of those four, if you're Nebraska, I think you'd walk out feeling like you did pretty well. Mark Stoop coming off a 10-point road win at the Swamp against the number 12 team in the country. Yeah. yeah, Looking good. Yeah, I know. It, I don't really – yeah. Uh, seems like it's going all uh, right. Yeah, I know. I don't know if I were him that I would that I would make that move. But uh, Pat's right, though. If he's if he's as frustrated with, uh, with the whole football-basketball school thing, well, then I guess it's an easy decision. But Mark Stoops' name has been out there, you know, buzzing the last couple years for some big, high-profile jobs – Bigger, I would say, than the Nebraska job, like, you know, LSU's job last year. His name was kind of around quite a bit. Uh, that's an interesting one. I think Pat's point uh, is well taken with uh, as far as getting into the Big Ten and in, in also the SEC, for that matter. Um, talking to some coaches this past cycle, one of them said to me, there are going to be two things that you're going to see change how coaches move jobs. One is – you know, a determining factor would be NIL. Like, how is your NIL? How are your collectives? What what kind of NIL system do you have? And the other thing is, what are you in one of the two conferences? Uh, are you in the Big Ten? Or are you in the Are you in the uh, the SEC? Um, so those two things might. You know, usually we we think of coaching decisions and determining coaching. You know, coaches uh, and how they move on like recruiting footprint. And, of course, money for salary and salary pool and all that still does matter. But it's interesting that maybe NIL and, and the actual conference alignment is going to come into play. And Nebraska has pretty much all those things except a really good recruiting footprint, right? They, they probably have great resources. They're willing to spend the resources. They're in the Big Ten. They're in that conference. And, you know, and again, none of these figures are real, like, confirmed what I've heard is they got ten plus million dollars at least pledged for NIL, if not more than that, much more than that. So they've got a lot to sell. There's no doubt about it. Except you got to get on a plane to recruit, right? I mean, that's that's the like that's the big, I guess, drawback uh, there is that you've you've got to get on a plane to recruit. By the way, Pat, um, October second, twenty twenty one, was Nebraska's last. FBS win almost a year, a full year. That was Northwestern, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Unbelievable. Man. All right. A couple things. Um, Pat's list is good. Good list. Obviously, you could go that route. Um, I think they got rid of Frost this quickly. Right now, you know, I've said this before, like the Nebraska program is just the fans at this okay. point. Yeah. That's what's left. There isn't really a program. There's no team. They just, they, they show up for each other. They're unbelievably loyal. They have nothing but each other. <laughs> That's true. How do you show up for a year and lose every game? <laughs> right. Okay. They show up in huge numbers and they tailgate and they, they support the team and they, they, they follow the team and they want the team to win and there's no team. 
doesn't exist. You can't be the, the schools that are this bad don't care about football. Like you can't keep winning three games. You're just like, well, we don't care. We're Kansas. We have a basketball team that we care about, or we're we're Duke, or we're Northwest. We can't, you know, we're Vanderbilt. What do you want us to do? We got smart kids here. You know, have you seen our law school rankings? It's a, Nebraska is it's like they just are each other. And that's why I think they had to fire him because their biggest thing they have going for them right now is the sellout streak. Yeah. And they've yeah. got the first three games sold out. And th- I think they I think they're looking later in the year. Like, if we don't fire him now, the fans will will try to revolt by not cutting. We'll lose the streak. It's been every home game since 1962. It's incredible. Remarkable. So they had to do it because yeah. they got to protect their streak. Yeah. <laughs> and this is both the curse and the beauty of, of of Nebraska, right? The curse is you're constantly looking backwards. Yeah, right. And the the and and this that that, that light at the end of the tunnel keeps getting further away. It, it, it's not happening. But you need the coach, and I don't know who it is, but I want the coach to then take everything that Ross is talking about and saying this: I am this guy. We are going to damn pay our players. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we're straight up like whatever and i uh, uh yeah the coldest he's gonna do a little commercial no we're gonna pay guys we're gonna pay the, the the transfers we're gonna pay the recruits we're gonna do every single thing because what is ne- when nebraska was great they got recruits from all over the country because it was back in the 60s and 70s tv did not matter even into the 80s tv money mattered a lot less budgets were based on how many tickets you sold how many T-shirts you sold. And Nebraska had all the money. They had more money than all these schools. There's a reason Missouri and Iowa State and the Kansas schools, they don't care about football because Nebraska kicked all their asses. Yeah. They had all the money. They had all the fans. Nebraska's got fans and they've got money. And so they need to take the program and invest it. And you, what they're in the wrong league. They were better in the Big 12. They seemed a lot cooler. They had access to Texas. They used to get some kids from California. Now, again, they're just another tradition school with a big, huge stadium in the in the Midwest in the Big 10. And they got to go, oh, we'll get guys out of Chicago and Detroit and Cleveland. No, you won't. Because they got to, those kids got to drive by seven schools that are just like you to get to you, yeah. to even visit. So what do you do? What 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 solves geography? Money. And they've got the money. They have to be uber aggressive. I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I re-listened to Scott Frost's, Scott Frost's or initial press conference. And, you know, it was a hero's welcome. Hey, I thought it would work. I thought here's a guy with a bunch of Florida contacts. They'll get some players. They've got to get talent. I mean, they, they didn't just lose to Georgia Southern. They got beat. Yeah. I mean, Georgia Southern just flat. went up and down the field the entire game. Yeah, this was no oh, five interceptions and we the ball slipped out of the holder. You know, this was yeah. a beating. Yeah. Northwestern pushed them around. They haven't won in a year. Yeah. And look uh, at what I happened mean, with Northwestern. Yeah. Right. right. Northwestern. Yeah. 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 By Duke. yeah. 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 Duke. Duke beats the hell out of Northwestern. So this is a bad football team with not good enough players. But you take the money and you and, and you can't do. So I, I'm going to listen to Scott Frost and it's a lot of like. Bringing back the tradition. I know what this is about. Like one of the early questions in the press conference is the the importance of the walk-on program we got at Nebraska, <laughs> which is like 
you know, yeah. it's this great, oh, we always found these these little these kids from these corn towns and they'd come in and and then that was the one who blocked the kick against the Sooners in 77 <laughs> or something. Right. The kid from Ogallala. You, you cannot. Yeah. That ain't how it works anymore. Did no. not how it worked then. Yeah. No. no. Either. But it's this like mystic. Oh, I understand the pro. Now, I need someone who's coming in saying, I am going to take the enormous resources we have here and we're going modern all the way. Unapologetic. Mm-hmm. We're going to outspend everybody we can because we have to. The only way we're getting kids to come here is if we outspend it. That's how this game is going to get played in the future. And Nebraska has the bank account to do that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a name that's been already out there. I don't think it's one you mentioned, Pat, but it's intriguing. uh, Is Matt Rule, if it doesn't work Mm -hmm. out with the the Carolina Panthers. I think it's clear that. You know, he would be okay with returning to college because, um, I mean, everybody seems to be putting out his name for the last year. I remember last coaching cycle. Uh, and I've heard myself just in the right age and industry that he's made it known or at least people close to him have made it known that he'd be willing to come back to college if it doesn't work out in the pros. And, you know, I remember sitting down with him back in maybe 2019 at Baylor, I think it was. And... uh I remember thinking, man, this guy, like, he's a college coach. Like, just the way he, you know, just the way he talks and the way he acts. And then I was actually kind of surprised, you know, to see him leave and go to the pros thinking that, man, he just, like, felt so college. So that would be – I think that he probably could get a better job than Nebraska. But if that's the only one – if that's the one that – the biggest one that opens, you know, this year – um, because this is supposed to be a slower cycle. You know, we right. always say that, but last yeah, year it was wild. That. I mean, last year, I mean, really, though, last year it was so wild that there is an expectation that it'll be a little slower this year. So, yeah. arguably, you know, Nebraska might be the best job open outside of Auburn, you know, and maybe some some people might say it's a better job than Auburn. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be one of those per- people. But, um, yeah, rule is an interesting one, and I think would do what – Dan is talking about where he's he's gonna do whatever and push whatever buttons and use whatever that he needs to do to win and to get players in to be a relentless recruiter. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's an interesting name. And and Carolina did lose their opener uh, today yeah. while we're taping this. So, you know, you you if that thing starts going sideways, it wouldn't be surprised at all if he's sending out feelers like you know, hey, bring me back. I, I do have to ask one thing here, guys. Okay, so was 2017 like the the one-hit wonder of all one-hit wonders when he went undefeated at uh, at UCF, <laughs> or what the hell happened? How did they do it? How did they go undefeated at UCF? <laughs> they had players. <laughs> they did. Oh, they had McK- I'm like, is Mackenzie yeah. Milton yeah. the the key to everything? You know, Mackenzie I mean, Milton made him like thirty five million dollars. Yeah. yeah. Without more. Yep. I mean, uh, yeah. Is this like, you know, Scott Frost uh, wrote the Macarena or something like that? Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What's the? I think those guys. Those guys were big one-hit wonders. It did. It, it does probably show that 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 team, you know, was a pretty dang. Good, good football team that had pretty good players. I mean, it, it yeah. probably kind of shows that. And I think we talked about this on the pod maybe 
uh, one of the many times that we were discussing Scott Frost in, we talked about Florida's coaching search. Like I always go back to that, that crazy coaching search with Chip Kelly and how, you know, if Scott Frost was all in and I'm pretty sure Florida would have hired him. And uh, somebody at Florida once told me, uh, uh, you know, something like, uh, you know, thankfully he wasn't all aboard, you know, and, and right. he didn't want to go to Gainesville because clearly, you know, it probably wouldn't have worked out. And it's crazy. And it just proves how much of a crapshoot that a coaching searches are. Uh, and we talked about this before, too, I know. But like Scott Frost to Nebraska, Tom Herman to Texas, like some of these moves just made perfect sense and were felt Chip like Kelly home to run. UCLA. Yeah, yeah, felt like yeah. a home run hire. And, and Dan Mullen to you know, Florida. Yeah, all yeah, four of those yeah. made perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were all really good. Hires. We know nothing. We know nothing. That's the that's the <laughs> No, that's the and point. then and then you take guys who are completely unknown assistants and they become right, like Lincoln yeah, Riley and Sam, Ryan. Sam Day. freaking Pitt, Pittman right now. Sam yeah. Pittman, right? Sam Pittman Dabo. sitting around. Yeah, all of those schools should have hired Sam Pittman. <laughs> <laughs> uh Eddie O. Uh, shoot. I mean, you want to yeah. at least won a national championship. It's it is a hard hard thing picking a coach, um, so it's going to be on uh, Nebraska. I just think you need someone with a with a very very modern take because the old days are are gone. That or you need to get Urban Meyer to invent. Uh, <laughs> you know, my old grand my old granddad was from <laughs> Kearney. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to coach the Huskers. That's we really to, the program I dreamt of. That was the program I always dreamed of, not Ohio State. Yeah, it's the only program I'd leave the booth for now. Yeah. <laughs> we used to sit on his front porch, watch the <laughs> watch the soybean grow. <laughs> listen to old listen, Husker games on the, the radio. Listen to Johnny Rogers returning punts on right. the radio. Yeah. Husker fans right now are like, dude, you can dance, you can dirty dance with whatever patron <laughs> mm, you want. That's right. You don't that's have right. to fly home with the team. <laughs> we don't care. We take Bo Pelini back now, man. I know. Where's go, Solich? Go look at Bo Pelini's. I think I think there's a wild stat of, uh, you know, when you go look at Bo Pelini's record. I think Scott Frost already has the same amount of law or more losses. And Bo yep. Pelini did his entire career. Scott's what? Uh, five years? Is it five seasons? Five, not even. Yeah, five, not yeah, even not five. Even, yeah. Yeah. Right. Four plus three. Four and some change. And uh, he's got more losses than Bo did in what? Nine? Nine years? Eight years? Something. something like the, the stat yeah. I saw that was phenomenal was was yeah that that like Frost could win his next fifty straight games and his record would still be worse than Bo Pelini's. Like, oh my, yeah. All right. Well, plenty more on the coaching search at uh, at Nebraska. All right. Further meltdowns. Uh, oh, so many week. meltdowns. God, All right. Beautiful. Let's let's go by order. Uh, by the AP rankings. Yeah. Marshall twenty six, Notre Dame twenty one. Marcus Freeman zero and two on the season. Zero and three as a head coach. Alarm bells. Whew. Uh, running off there uh, in South Bend. Again, another not really an upset if you watch the game. Right. Marshall was ready to roll. Charles Hoff, terrific coach, came from Nick Saban's system. His team is ready to go. Charles Hoff, 
Not going to be in Huntington too long with stuff like this. No kidding. So he has done an incredible job with that program, and they went in and just beat Notre Dame up. So all credit to the Marshall players and that. However, Marcus Freeman, he can recruit. He is personable. He's exciting. He's cool. College football could use guys that are just sort of like, this guy's like a cool dude. We, we need a cool factor here. He's it. I think most people are rooting for Marcus Freeman to be of some measure of success, even though he coaches freaking Notre Dame, which normally everyone hates. <laughs> but you got to win. And as we said many times, I think I said last week, yeah, Brian Kelly, not real likable, but he didn't lose games that he wasn't supposed to lose. And there is a there is something to be said about that. Uh, he They always won. They may not have beaten the teams they couldn't beat. They always beat the teams they could, especially lately. So this was a terrible result for Marcus Freeman. Uh, he has an enormous amount still to prove. And I don't know where this season is going. They do not have a good offense. Not good by Tommy Greaster, offensive coordinator. Not good by Tyler Buckner, their quarterback. All around bad. And yeah, you got a recruiting class now, but... You, you know, you got to win to keep the recruiting class. Uh, Notre Dame's a little less flippable than most places because kids are not just going there. They're going there for a little bit more than just wins and losses, but still, you got to prove it. So thoughts on that, Ross? Uh, you know, uh, Marcus Freeman, he rocks the quarter zip on the sideline better than any other coach in America. But in uh, <laughs> and and and. Uh, but it doesn't. It doesn't lead to wins, though. Unfortunately, no points. Yeah, yeah the no appearances. The appearances don't uh, don't get you there. <laughs> the the off season of Marcus Freeman love has really been incredible, right? Like, uh, and Notre Dame has has pushed it. Like you could tell. Like it, it, they've pushed it. There have been so many stories about it, and it was. It, it is a good story how it all came about and everything. But man, the honeymoon is over, right? Like it's just. It is over. And the thing is, is I don't know that it's going to get better uh, in the short term. First of all, they don't seem to have a quarterback uh, that can move the football very well, um, an offense in general that can move the football very well. And they play, they go to UNC, uh, North Carolina, who just, by the way, beat two uh, two Sunbelt teams barely, but that looks pretty dang good right now. I mean, it's the power yeah, conference. Yeah, is embarrassing. Yeah, right. they I look mean, pretty- <laughs> yeah. So, so Notre Dame's got to go to UNC, uh, to UNC in a couple weeks. They they got to go to BYU. Uh, they play. They host Clemson, right? And then they host yep. BYU's US, in Vegas. USC. BYU's uh, in Vegas. Vegas, and then USC but and Clemson. Uh, I mean, you can see a seven and five or six and six, like barely. And they got to go. They, they do have to play at Syracuse, who suddenly has come to life. So, oh boy, this this could be an interesting uh, first season up there. Yeah, it's, I mean, that like, if you look at everything, 0-3, first of all, nobody's ever been 0-3 as coach at Notre Dame. Not Jerry Faust, not Charlie Weiss. So Marcus Freeman is making bad history there. You can look at it and say, okay, it was a fire drill taking over thrown into a bowl game against a good opponent in uh, Oklahoma State. You blow a 21-point lead, but still. Okay, no, no worries. You go to Ohio bowl State. Game. Ohio State's loaded. You play a pretty good game. You're in the game at least. Okay, fine. You come home and lose to Marshall? No, not fine. Not okay. Not good. 
quite, quite, quite bad. Those are the kind of games Notre Dame does not lose. They didn't even used to schedule them, and now they schedule it and you lose. And, I mean, yes, it was it was what it looked like to me was the classic thing coaches talk about, coaching 101. Don't let Ohio State beat you twice. And Ohio State beat them twice. They didn't get over that game. They weren't mentally prepared to play this game. They weren't physically prepared. They weren't coached up well enough. Marshall was better. They were more prepared. They were more excited. They were better coached. All those things. That's on Marcus Freeman. Hey, you're 36 years old. It's it's not easy, but you got the job at Notre Dame. Nobody's expecting it to be easy. You got to perform. That was an incredibly bad performance. And you go back and you think how quickly Notre Dame hired Freeman. And I really think they were so angry, shocked, bitter at Brian Kelly that this was, uh, your spouse just walked out on you. How fast can you get another hot date and start putting pictures up of you having fun with your new hot date? We're over (laughs) you. We're past it. Fine. No, we can move on. We're good. We got look, we got Marcus Freeman right here in the building, and the players like him. And blah, 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 blah. And yep. look at this great video of the players and him. Okay, fine. Still got a coach. Got to win some games. If they had waited till January, they might have been able to get Luke Fickle. If even if they didn't want to wait, they could have talked to PJ Fleck. They could have talked to Matt Campbell. They could have had some very, very uh, attractive established candidates. I'm not saying Marcus Freeman's a failure. I'm not saying it's a bad hire, but this is a bad start. And they look to me like a team. The same problem against Ohio State was the problem. This they 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 got worn down and beat up at the end of the game. But this is Marshall beating them up. This is Marshall just shoving it down their throat at the end. And Notre Dame like, oh no, what do we do? Wow, that's bad. Kalen LeBourne, 163 yards rushing. Yeah. For Marshall. And he's just grinding them out. And, and, and that was it. 31 carries. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no secret what was happening. No. Here he comes. Uh, stop him. And they couldn't. Uh, had a big long run, a TD. Look, I, I don't. That was that was problematic. The lack of energy. The end of the game, they actually were trying to score in the last minute. They, I mean, they still had the game at a chance and just didn't. They got huge problems on offense. That, to me, is the story. Yeah. Tyler Buckner, 18 to 32, 201 yards, two picks. This kid is not ready to play. Mm-hmm. Drew Pine is Drew, Drew Pine. not, you know, he's a backup. Yeah. They need C.J. Carr to re, redesignate <laughs> to senior year. I tell you. They need to maybe revisit uh, Dante Moore. <laughs> Be like, hey, yeah, maybe. What do we got to do here? Yeah, that that throne of gold we had you pose on, you can actually just have it as opposed get to get the go. Here you have it. We'll, we'll reconstruct an even larger one in Detroit yeah. for you. Um, I don't know what you got. I mean, they don't have a quarterback, and if yeah. you don't have a quarterback, you're in trouble. Yeah. And Tommy Reese is, you know, this is you want to believe all this stuff. I don't know. I mean, it's way early to say it's a bad hire, but this was a bad week, and this is yeah. not the start necessarily you want. No. Um, how they respond against Cal, if they if that offensive line, which is really I mean they got a ton of good players, if they don't blow Cal off the, but they should have done this last week, right? I don't think they played angry. I think they played entitled, yeah, hmm. and didn't respect Marshall and Marsh. These kids came in and and got it done. Yeah, I mean it's just I don't know. Not a, not a this is this is bad. It's way too early. You can lose. Eh. It's the overreaction podcast, man. This is what you get.
It's the overreaction pod. I hate to kill a guy, a 36-year-old's right. career. I know. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. <laughs> He's 36. Yeah. We'll see. Not saying but it's a bad hire, but it's a bad start. Not trending in the right direction no. here. There is a third option at quarterback. Steve Angeli, a freshman. He was a four-star guy. He was in for spring. He played in the spring game. I was there. He led a two-minute drill drive to like either win or tie the spring game. You know, who knows? It's a spring game. But, but like, if the options are Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine, you better at least explore the third option. It may take him till you got a bye week between North Carolina and BYU. Maybe you can get a guy up to speed by then. But this is force. I mean, Henry Columbia, 145 yards passing. <laughs> I mean, they were, Marshall ran it 50 times. Yeah. yeah. Marshall controlled the ball. One guy with 31. Yeah. It's, yeah. Tough down there in Huntington. Tough down there in Huntington. <laughs> All right, next one. Yeah. Marcus Rubin's like, go talk about the guy who's <laughs> lot guy's of, had years. A lot of tire fires to put out here. Two contracts. I'm only two games. <laughs> Jimbo Fisher's two contracts. <laughs> in. What is the thing? What about is him? What about this guy? <laughs> Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. No excuses at AM. Uh, they lose 17 to 14 to Appalachian State, who gave up 60, what, three to North Carolina? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The North Carolina offense is apparently the Kansas City Chiefs offense. <laughs> They scored 14 against Appalachian State at home in a 173-degree in a day. <laughs> Absolute debacle. This was even, I, in some ways, this was worse because you could, you could see once Appalachian State started playing well and, again, running the ball, 52 times they ran on them. These are not tricks. Remember, they, they tricked Michigan with, like, the spread offense and, and Michigan had never seen it. And they just kind of the, 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 the 15 year ago, yeah. the great Appalachian state upset. This was just like, we're going, we're, we're, we're tougher than you. Yeah. We're tougher than you. We're going to run it 52 times. And we're just going to grind this out. And Hayes King and these guys, you got all these guys. No, not going to happen. Three and outs. Uh, I don't know what their total plays were, but very low uh, on didn't, Texas A&M. They, they didn't crack 100 yards, I don't think, passing or rushing, I believe. They were yep. they were held under 100 yards. 97 yards passing, 89 rushing. Only two players rushed. Devon Acne, is that it? Or Kane, how do you say his name? Oh, Devon. Whatever, De- Devon. Yeah. He doesn't want to know. Don't yeah. mention me. <laughs> Not my fault. Haynes King, that's it. They never got any plays. No. 20 passing attempts, 18 rushes. That's 18 offensive plays. It's just incredible. All right, yep. 38, 38 offensive yes, plays, yep. I can add. Yep. Nine first downs. 38. How are you going to win? Nine first downs. Nine. Marshall ran at 52 and threw at 30. That's 82. You, I, this is the craziest game. They didn't, this was bad. So, I mean, 
They got the recruits, but what is wrong, Pat? Yeah, that look, this to me is worse than what what's the Marcus Freeman situation in Notre Dame. Because as you said, this is year six for Jimbo. No, year five for Jimbo. He's been extended. His buyout's in the $90 million range. And he's, <laughs> a, a pandemic aside, he's an eight and four coach. And if this isn't the beginning of an eight and four season, I don't know what is mm. because you're one and one after Sam Houston and Appalachian State. And here comes Miami, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Alabama, your next four games. All of them are undefeated Ooh. right now. Ooh. Good luck. He needs another ranch to rest on. He needs another <laughs> ranch. He's got two. Oh, he has two. What is Two ranches. He needs a third ranch. Yep. That's the problem. Or a, or a rant, R-A-N-T, about Nick Saban. Let's have <laughs> yeah, that. So right? somebody yeah, playing yeah, that showed more, on repeat that's, Saturday. It showed more fight. It showed more fight in that. That's it's the right. only time we've seen any zest out of anything related to Jimbo Fisher this year. Somebody tell Jimbo that uh, that uh, who they playing next? Who they got? They got Miami. Uh, Miami. Go, Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mario has been saying you're buying players. <laughs> get fired up and actually come up with a game plan that you don't run 38, 38 snaps. Hey, look out! It's like I mean, yeah. that's like a powder puff game. How do you run thirty eight? How do you have thirty eight snaps? What a great game! I mean, honestly, what a great game plan by App State. Also, did you got you know game days going to Boone, North Carolina, yeah. which which App State blew up game days plans. Pretty certain they were going to College Station for Miami. Oh yeah, they were. In, in so A&M. was I. Oh, yeah. And I'm not yeah. anymore. <laughs> that's right. And so now they're going to App, and the the stuff from Boone was incredible. It made it made my heart warm. Uh, uh just just great like video. Videos of the celebration in downtown Boone, like shirtless people running and hugging each other, jumping into a pond, shooting flares into the air in downtown. It was amazing. It was amazing. Love college football. Those, Love mount, those mountain the, guys, it, they, got, it, they got weapons at any moment. <laughs> any moment. It is incredible. Always but ready. this the game was amazing. Hey, I was hired to break out the bazooka fireworks. <laughs> Hell yeah, I've been saving this since we beat the Wolverines in 07. But what a great game plan by Sean Clark and them just to like hog, you know, hog the ball as long as they can. I think they had the ball for over like 42 minutes. Uh, it was yeah. insane. Uh, just that is no, that is not a good game plan. <laughs> you can't grind the clock and run it every time against an SEC. You're not supposed to. Yeah, you're not supposed, to. supposed to have. Yeah. They're supposed to have 17 first-round picks on the defensive line. Hey, what we're going to do, we're going to run it on yeah. them. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the dumbest idea I've ever seen. Hey, hey speaking of uh, de- defensive coordinator, former AM defensive coordinator, Mike Elko, first year at Duke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, boy, they're missing him, obviously. And, and it's not, and I should say, it, A&M's biggest issue isn't the defense, although uh, – you know, I mean, they 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 struggled. Yeah, I mean, it, th- that's not the biggest issue right now. They're they're having offensive issues, and they had offensive issues the first game against Sam Houston. Like they they yeah. had it's it was really slow to start. Uh, I think they ended up scoring like thirty points. Uh, it was it was just you know rough. So I wonder is Jimbo gonna make a you know they had a pretty intense quarterback battle. I I got a call Sunday morning from former. LSU staffer who knows Max Johnson pretty well, the quarterback who's been riding the bench for A&M and wondering, you know, we're kind of asking, like, what's Jimbo doing? Why isn't Max playing? The kid is really talented. So be interested to see if there's a change there. I think there almost has to be because, uh, like, A&M is so deadly serious about trying to win and has tried so hard to money whip the sport 
that you just can't sit there and say, yeah, we're just going to keep rocking with Haynes King after scoring 14 points and throwing for 90-some yards against Appalachian State. So you've got to try something different because the urgency demands it. Uh, and how could Max Johnson be less effective or less productive than that? Right now, uh, Texas A&M last in the SEC by a wide margin in 10-plus yards or longer plays, long scrimmage plays. Uh, so far, they got nothing. Uh, no explosion offensively. No vertical. They got they got nothing right now offensively. And Jimbo Fisher was an offensive guy. He's always been that way. He better come up with something. Ninety million's a lot to buy out, even for Texas A and M. Unless you get an oil tycoon to step up and say, <laughs> "I got this." He's going to be your guy. In the the talent discrepancy between these two teams, this is from uh, Sam Khan with the Athletic. Texas A&M signed more five-star recruits in 2022, a single year, signed eight, than App State has signed top 1,000 recruits in the last four years. So A&M in one year signed eight five-stars. App State hasn't signed eight top 1,000 recruits in in the last four years. It's just mind-blowing. That is incredible. I, I, I love these games. And the Sun Belt is fantastic. And this is why I'm excited the playoff is going to honor these programs because they're going to still have a chance to compete. They have a path. And I'm not saying they're going to win the national title. But these are schools that care about football. They just weren't big schools 100 years ago. Yeah. Uh, we're not mentioning Coastal Carolina this week, but they, we can mention them. Any of these ones. Louisiana they care about football. Yeah. Yeah. They care a lot. Yeah. They just weren't that part of the state of South Carolina wasn't a big deal then. Now it is. Now they're building up all over there. Like, so they have a shot and, and these guys can come in and, and play. And uh, I love a game. Whether it was Marshall, whether it was the, whatever it was any of these, we'll get to some of the others where every kid on the team had the other school offered like every, you could have recruited every kid on their team, every single player on Marshall and on, and on uh, Appalachian state would have gone to either Notre Dame or Texas A&M. Sure. Some of them as walk-ons. Yeah. Yeah. Preferred walk-ons. I'd be like, I'll take my shot. What the hell? And you went in there and beat them and you beat them in the trenches. Yep. Crazy. Well, that's a, and that's a good point about the playoff too, Dan. Just like really quickly, like right now, you know, if if it had already expanded, we'd be talking about these teams as you know, juicy 11, 12 seeds. You know, ooh, gonna yeah. ups, maybe could upset in the first round. And App State would would be one of them. Would be a team that would be excited about that. Hey, they could take down the five seed or the six seed. You know. Well, how about what seed do you get coming out of the Sun Belt? Yeah, coastal. Georgia Southern, James Madison, Marshall, Louisiana, and South Alabama are all undefeated. Right. App State has a loss, this crazy loss. They almost beat Carolina. And, who you know, and these are the, the beauty of that playoff with 12 is they, they don't have to go play Alabama. Right. They're going to play right. a, a somewhat flawed, you know, team that's, that's fifth, sixth. But you sit there and say, hey, what if one of these guys runs the table out of here? I mean, talk about picking up great non-conference wins. That should give respect. All of a sudden, you're the you. You might be a top eight seed. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, they, they they should get credit for beating each other. Yep, they should. That and that'll be interesting to see if that if that does happen. I I think we probably know whether they it will, won't. But yeah, but yeah, but, <laughs> but these could be quality, interesting games. I mean, you're looking at 
Marshall has Coastal Carolina on October 29th. They got Louisiana on October 12th, Coastal on October 29th, App on November 12th. I mean, I'm going to be watching. Those are going to be good games. Maybe the Sumbo gets two in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what league is going to have better wins? Right. That's the like, thing, you know, right? I mean, we'll see. We'll see whether A and M and 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 the Irish just fall off. Right. But who's got better? How are you going to get a better win than at A and M? Right. It's a great. Right? They could still go ten and two or something like that. No, I think it's that. And here's the thing: the transfer portal, it goes up and down, and everyone talks. Oh my God, they're raining. This guy was a star, and now he's going up. But someone's drifting yep. down that we don't know mm-hmm. about, so it doesn't get any hype. Right. But and it and it doesn't necessarily have to be a quarterback or running back. It's like, oh, that linebacker is really good. What's with, oh, he's been to three schools. Yep. So yeah. maybe this flattens it out a little bit, which is what we're all hoping for. Because mm-hmm. this is more interesting. Uh, obviously not that. All right, let's get to this one. Wisconsin, Big Twelve West had a uh, dreadful weekend. Total tire fire, other than Minnesota. Total. Yeah, yeah. Who's played nobody? But the whole the whole thing is just not good out there. Washington State. Rolls into to Madison, Wisconsin, wins seventeen to fourteen. Again, anemic offense. You know, Wisconsin looks the Graham Mertz experiment that looked so good a few years ago. They're not putting up big points. Great win for the Cougars. Fly that flag at game day every week. What's the panic level uh, in Madison, Pat? It's got to be pretty high because last year was so disappointing. You know, I mean they. The fact is, they they really should be the best program in the Big Ten West. And last year, they they gave that away. The year before that, it was Northwestern. So it's been Northwestern. It's been Iowa. The general thought, oh, well, it's Wisconsin's turn to get back up there. Mm-hmm. Not the way they've started, other than the fact that Iowa looks even worse and Northwestern doesn't look very good either. But the offense, it, if you're a Wisconsin fan, you got to be tired of this, of just this inability to put the ball in the end zone, to make big plays. And this game was a little bit weird. Like, they 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 moved the ball decently, and they just screwed up. They had 100 yards in penalties. They missed two field goals. Uh, but still, the bottom line is 14 points. That's not good enough. And North Washington State is getting better, I think. But that's still, that's, that's a game you can't lose if you're Wisconsin and you want to be thought of the way you should. And so, you know, the Paul Chris look, you know how these folks are at Wisconsin. He's one of their guys. You know, he's, he's not quite, he doesn't have Kirk Ferentz cachet, but he's got a lot of cachet. Uh, but eventually you got to be sitting there saying, hmm, when are we going to get back to being good? Because they're not. Well, and in, in, doesn't Wisconsin just kind of historically, a little bit at least, remind you of like a better version of Iowa? You know, they're like always right. a little better. They're like a little better version of Iowa. And at some point, uh, maybe we're they're drifting to uh, to Iowa levels. Of course, Iowa isn't even at Iowa levels right now. So, um, <laughs> no. but but uh, yeah, it does it does feel like uh, the offensive struggles um, are finally coming to like hurt them in the in the win column. And how about Jake Dicker of Washington State? First year, yeah, right? Really, uh, you know, impressive. first ga- first game. Uh, or second game, you know, pretty incredible. Second yeah. game, but yeah. first big one, yeah. No, huge win for, for Washington. They look great. Great win for the Pac-12. Yes. Great win. Go into Wisconsin and win. Briefly on this, because we, <laughs> we amazingly have not gotten to Texas Alabama yet. <laughs> Iowa, obviously, just absolutely dreadful offensive <laughs> performance. Iowa State it wins the uh, Children of the Corn game. Uh, <laughs> Illinois, 
did carry that Big Ten West banner with a nice 24-3 win with Virginia. So maybe they're the uh, they're the thing there. Uh, all right, Ross, you were there in Austin. Did you get heat stroke? What <sighs> happened? A wild game. Texas is back, baby, by losing, and Quinn Ewers is hurt. Ewers looked terrific. Remember yeah. on the preview show on our picks were awful, but I was correct on this. I wanted to see whether they could play in the in the trenches with Bama. They could. They yeah. And I wanted to see Quinn Ewers make plays that said, yeah, this guy is legit. He did until he hurt his co- collarbone. So what happened down in Austin? It w- uh, hey, Ross? it was the it was the only it might be the only pick that I got right for the week. Was that <laughs> That's right? Was that was the fact and I made fun of you. I know, I know. Yeah. Pick the Longhorns. <laughs> I obviously didn't think. Remember, I was saying that uh, I was just hoping for a backdoor cover. I was hoping for a no, backdoor I cover. Push. What happened is backdoor yeah, push. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I was praying for a backdoor push. Instead, what happens, they almost won the game. They probably should have won the game. They they outplayed Alabama in a lot of ways. They dropped an interception. They dropped a touchdown. They missed a field goal. It was it was tipped. Uh, and they settled for three field goals in the red zone. I think they had five trips or six trips in the red zone and, and got 16 points. Uh, they, or 19 points, they, 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 in a lot of ways, should have should have won the won the football game and outplayed Alabama. And gosh, do not think that the fans didn't have some impact. It was incredible environment. It, it was awesome. Their students lined up the day before. I saw them on the lawn. There was a few of a few dozen of them lined up Friday night waiting. They let them in like at 5:30 or 6 a.m. into the stadium. The student section was packed at kickoff at 11 a.m. local time. It was jam-packed incredibly loud, just a like terrific environment. And yes, it was brutally, brutally hot. Even in the press box that was air, allegedly air conditioned, uh, it was, it felt like it was 80, 80, 82 degrees or so. The heat was just pulsating through the windows, but it was fun. It was electric and give, you know, Alabama credit and Bryce Young. Uh, that's why I guess he won a Heisman Trophy winner. You know, he took the game over late, like great players do, uh, willed his team to win. And uh, and afterward, <laughs> couldn't explain it. We had a bunch of exchanges with Nick Saban in Bryce Young in the post game about like how are you able to do this, you know? And uh, he's just in ta- he's incredibly talented, prepared, and instinctive. Uh, in a, a big test for I don't know how to think of this game. I don't know if it was ooh Texas is a nine or ten win team kind of thing, like they're back to being legitimate, or is this a is this Alabama maybe? being a nine or 10 win team <laughs> and not the 12 or 13 win team. I don't know. Yeah. We won't know that for a while, but uh, I, and I will say, I thought, and we, we'll have to let the cake bake here a little bit, but I thought Texas showed some real signs of improvement and we'll see how long yours is out. It's going to be multiple weeks apparently, which is unfortunate, but I liked what he showed that I liked their receivers. Bijan Robinson, we know he's good. And yes, they could, they could hang in the trenches well enough which I think is a problem for Alabama. Here's what I, here's my, your overreaction Sunday. I think Alabama showed some real problems. Real problems. This looked like the same Alabama team that barely skeeched by Auburn. They were bad offensively at the line. They couldn't make enough plays until Bryce Young just said, okay, get on my back, I'll do it. Okay, with the game on the line, fine. I will make all the plays. Just that come play with where he ducked Ryan Watts, I think uh, it was, the defensive. I mean, that... It was incredible. The blitz by Watts had him. Yeah. yeah. And he ducked it. And yeah, yeah, that was 
That, that, yeah. won him that game. That was yeah. the yeah the, the squat hurt around college football. It was amazing how yeah. he squatted all the way down. That was one of the plays I asked him like, "Could you take us through that?" And he's like, "No, I can't. I don't know what I don't know what happened." I'm like, "Okay, That's, all right, yeah. whatever." <laughs> genius, athletic genius, man. It just yes. happens, you know. But the two things look sloppy. Fifteen penalties, the most for a Saban team at Alabama. Fifteen penalties in this situation. And here's the bigger stat. Here's my stat of the week. Through two games, Alabama has zero takeaways on defense. The last time that's happened, I don't know, and I spent an hour and a half looking it up. I got back to 1979 <laughs> looking at the first two games of every season. They've always taken the ball away, and they can't do it. They're not, I mean, they're getting nothing done. Their defense are not, you know, giving up a ton of big stuff, but they're not creating turnovers. They're not creating short fields. Will Anderson's making as many bad plays as he is good plays. Yeah, he had a rough I game. I mean, that's... That's been shocking to me as he just has not played like the guy that was just a dominating force that we saw last year. So they got to get their minds right. I think they've got, they're not, they look very much like the team that barely staggered into the playoff last yeah. year. And then, okay, or barely staggered into the SEC championship game, I should say, and then got it together. But I am very yeah. unimpressed with Alabama right now. Will, uh, I, Will Anderson, I think, he came up four times in the game. That's it. Four times in two times is because he got a penalty thrown on him. So he had basically two plays that you kind of noticed him. And so that that was uh, that was kind of a theme in the post game too. And we Will did come out and we talked to him and uh, he said things like, you know, it was the loudest, craziest environment he'd ever played in his college career, and you could tell it had an impact on him. I can only imagine this week at practice at Alabama, Ooh. and we can send our condolences <laughs> and flowers. <laughs> well, to hey, Will Monroe, one, poor Monroe. Yes, like you're going to catch that whooping anyway. But oh no, yeah, they survived. Um, it was interesting because I was like, man, if Texas wins this game, this whole season becomes a lot more interesting in the chase for the playoff. Sure does. Like Bama on the brink. Yeah, on the brink. Uh, early. Really changes that things. Happen. Mm-mm. No, but no. they they survived and won, and uh, but yeah, I, the receivers. I mean, there's a lot there. You're like, where where where's the play? Mm, yeah. Where's the mm. play? And it doesn't happen. And Bryce Young does it, but yeah, we'll see. Not not what uh, they were looking for, but they won. And that as we just went through about five teams <laughs> that would gladly take a one point victory. Yeah, for sure. The the great coaches win the games. Yeah. You mentioned uh, practice this week at Alabama and prayers for for everybody involved. Uh, Nick say one of the first thing Nick Saban said in the post game when he sat down was, "I just told the team that when you practice hard, the the games are easier. If you don't practice hard, the games are hard." And so I think it was a signal like, <laughs> "Get ready, boys. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna kick this your not- ass all week." This is not going to be fun at all. All right. There was so much, so we can't get to everything. But what we do do every week, we don't wait to the end of the year to give out the uh, Heisman Trophy. Uh, We prefer the small sample Heisman. Who won your Heisman Trophy this week? Pat? All right. I'm going my small sample Heisman. Um, One of the better games, yeah, that we didn't really get a chance to talk about was uh, Tennessee at Pittsburgh. Mm. Yep. Great one. Panthers coming in hot after the big uh, backyard brawl win. Tennessee was fortunate. They, I mean, they Keaton Slovis got injured, as he often does. And then their backup, Nick Patty, got torqued around really badly and had to play limping the rest of the way. They get it into overtime, but 
The guy that won the game, I think, for Tennessee, just played great, really, the whole game, but but uh, sp- particularly in some big spots. Cedric Tillman, their star-wide receiver, fifth-year guy. He's had a great career there. Nine catches, 162 yards, and a touchdown. And I believe he had the winning score in overtime. I will double-check that. But uh, Cedric Tillman, small sample Heisman for me. All right. Ross, get a small sample. Can we Heisman. can we give a, a small sample Heisman to an entire unit? And and if we can, oh, yeah. Kentucky's defense. Uh mm. the Cats went down to Gainesville, beat Florida. I think it's the second time they beat Florida right in a row. And, and the first time that that's happened since the 70s, the 1970s. Uh just huge for Mark Stoops and them. I mean, they just swallowed the Florida offense. The the same Florida offense that looked pretty dang good a week ago against what usually is a pretty good Utah defense. And Anthony Richardson, who was, I think everybody would have said, small uh, sample Heisman last week, just had a disaster of a game. And credit the Kentucky defense. Uh, J.J. Weaver, uh, linebacker Kentucky, had nine tackles. Jordan Wright, uh, another linebacker at Kentucky, had a sack, six tackles. Uh, they played. They played incredible. And um, give it to that unit for just kind of going in there and swallowing the Gators. Uh, Kentucky's Kentucky's real yet again. Football school. Jordan Wright's uh, eligibility was restored at a fortuitous time after uh-huh. missing the opener. Yes. <laughs> All right, my small sample Heisman goes out to Provo, Utah. Fantastic game between Baylor. And BYU, BYU wins 26-20 in overtime. We were not pleased with the overtime. Someone could just make a field goal. Oh, my God. The game would have ended and Baylor would have covered. <laughs> yes. But instead, we got to go all overtime. of us who picked Baylor, which I think was everyone. Everyone picked Baylor and uh, BYU ends up winning it. Uh, but I'm going to give it to Chase Roberts. Eight receptions, 122 yards, and a touchdown. He also played quarterback one time. Threw one pass for 22 yards and a touchdown. Very creative game plan. Really good effort by BYU. That's a big win to beat Baylor. That's a really big win. Sets the tone going into the Big 12. Says a lot about this season. Uh, Jaron Hall was very good. The whole whole BYU team was good. The environment up at BYU was incredible. Great night for BYU football uh, to be the top 10 team at home in Baylor. And so my small sample Heisman goes to Chase Roberts on behalf of the entire Cougar program's got to be feeling pretty good. All right. By the nature of this podcast, we're, we're normally very mean people. At least Pat and I. <laughs> and uh, we focus all on the negative pretty much. So the question is, can we say something nice? We try to say something nice every week because, you know, we're, we got heart, maybe. Maybe. Occasionally. <laughs> Ross, can, can you say anything nice? Can we at least count on you to say something <laughs> nice here? <laughs> Why me? Always me, huh? Come to me. I have to be I'll the nice start guy. With you, yeah. I have to be the nice guy. The good cop. Uh the good cop. All right. We we crushed in a way Clemson last week. Uh and we crushed all oh, their quarterback, DJ. And uh and they came out, okay, it was against Furman. But DJ looked good. He looked smooth. And we already we were ready to replace DJ last week with uh Klubnik. And he came in against Furman and went one for four for minus two yards. And DJ was 21 for 27, 231 yards, two TDs and INT. So maybe, let's say something nice about DJ, and maybe he will remain Clemson's starting quarterback. We'll see. That's my nice. Good point. Good right. point. 
leave it to Dabo to unspring our good quarterback controversy. We were hoping mm-hmm. for content with that, but you know. Um, all right, uh, I'm going to say something nice about Oregon State and Jonathan Smith, coach there. Bring your own guts, baby. They are down <laughs> three. They have time for one play left against Fresno State. They're on the Fresno two-yard line. Most people are going to kick the thing and go to overtime, see if they can pull it out there. Oh, no, not our man Jonathan Smith. He says, we're going for it. And not only are they going for it, I love this. They go wildcat, and their wildcat quarterback, this guy named Jack Coletto, came to Oregon State as a QB, then played running back, tight end, linebacker, does like everything. He mostly now is a linebacker. He's had... Five, six, six tackles on the season, but he's also run for three touchdowns. He's their short yardage dude, uh, and he carries it in for the winning score on the last play, do or die. Walk off winner, walk off loser. Either way, that's what was happening. Jack Coletto gets it in. Jonathan Smith with the guts play, and Oregon State is 2-0. and I am going to say something nice about the Kansas Jayhawks, Ooh. who I have said more yes. mean things to. <laughs> How mean I, I, for a long time, spread rumors that the existence of an actual football stadium in Lawrence, Lawrence, Kansas is a hoax. (laughs) It's a hoax. It's like the moon landing. (laughs) There is no football stadium there. But maybe there is, although Saturday's game took place in Morgantown, West Virginia. And so I'm giving the Heisman to Kobe Bryant, the defensive back, Kansas they go tie. They go to overtime. Kansas scores in the first OT, uh, the first their first possession. West Virginia, JT Daniels drops back to trying to tie the game, throws it. Kobe Bryant intercepts it. He could just drop the ball. He could just, the game is over. The game is over. It's actually more risky to keep running. Hell no. You're the damn Jayhawks. You go 86 <laughs> yards to the house. <laughs> they go 86 yards on the overtime possession to win by 13. 55-42, he's waving to the West Virginia fans as he enters the end zone. <laughs> Kobe Bryant, what a name. We have another Kobe Bryant in college football. What a, and, and like the unheard of swagger from Kansas. Like Kansas with Absolutely. swagger. Unbelievable. We're going to taunt you. <laughs> this is the win totals since 2010 for, for Kansas football. Three, two, one. Three, three, zero, two, one, three, three, zero, two. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> three and nine. The big Gino got bounced out of there. Yeah, yeah. Why they they have never won in that entire time. They've never won more than one conference game. <laughs> the Jayhawks are two and zero under Lance Leibold. They are 1-0 in the Big 12. They are taunting the Mountaineers. Top of the league, baby. They are running up the score in overtime. Dare I say, unsportsmanlike. Yeah. <laughs> you know there's some crusty old West Virginia. Oh, they don't yeah. play the right way. Why you take a knee? You don't got to run it up. Hell yeah, you do. We're Kansas, baby. We rarely get to score. Oh, let's see. You know, as good as as good as that was for Kansas, it was equally bad for Neil Brown. Ooh, yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you're looking for a football stadium. You say there's not one in Lawrence. I don't know that there's one anymore in Morgantown either. They may have torn <laughs> it down. Yeah. yeah. 
They they're gonna tear it. They're gonna sell it for parts and expand that little that little train. <laughs> that little train. No more stops at the stadium until we get good. The little train. Kansas should have put the whole team on one little train. Just ridden the thing all night. <laughs> Singing the Kansas fight song, if they even have one. They, they got to call Bill Self say, can we borrow the fight song? <laughs> we ain't allowed to sing it yeah, for the last we don't know since the Turner words. Gill got here. Do we don't know the words. You know it? Yeah, we know it. We sang it all night when we win the titles. <laughs> That's something nice. Take it all back, Kansas. Uh, all right, that's that's our pod. We'll be back. Uh, should be sometime Tuesday night. We will preview week three and whatever else happens. Maybe no coaches get fired between now and then. Mm. Uh, a lot happened, though. Fun weekend of football. People are eh, not really that good of a... Two things happen on uh, this weekend that always happen. Not looking like a great slate of football and people going, the UFC card doesn't look that good. I don't think it's going to be a good card. And both deliver. Uh-huh. Anytime you hear that, it's like, it's going to be good. It's going <laughs> yeah. to be good. Yeah. All sorts. You're like, yeah, the whole country's glued to Marshall Notre Dame. Right. NBC got their rating on that for the wrong reason. Yeah. But we'll be back this week. Continue to share us on social media. Tell your friends about us and uh, leave us nice reviews. We appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you all. Talk to you later.